The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedom only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Buck Brief, my friends. We have Hogan Gidley with us now. He's a former Trump White House, was a press secretary for the campaign, uh, is with the America First Policy Institute now, guy who knows all things Trump world and politics backwards and forwards. Hogan, good to see you. Good to see you too, Buck. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. So what what are your thoughts as you see right now we're a year out almost you know almost exactly uh to the election and there's this panic among Democrats that Trump numbers are looking better than not just better than they anticipated better than than they've ever looked before at this stage uh of, of a presidential cycle for him. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because I have to admit, when I went to work in the White House, I, I was naive in, in, in not knowing how much policy actually mattered to people. It turns out when our crime is skyrocketing in all of our cities, our border is wide open for people illegally and unlawfully to pour into our communities with high numbers of drugs and human trafficking and child smuggling and terrorists now coming across the border. When wars are breaking out all over the world and our economies in shambles, Turns out it matters who the president of the United States actually is and what they 
push for and what they implement as far as policy is concerned. And what you're seeing here is a direct reflection of those bad policies. But also, you know, you lose elections when you shock the electorate, you know, read my lips, no new taxes. And then George H.W. Bush raises taxes or, you know, everyone knew Bill Clinton was a dirtbag. So when he gets caught with Lewinsky, no one cares. Everyone knew that was kind of baked in the cake. We were told Biden was this nice old man who was going to return everything to normalcy. And boy, he's calm and steady, can bring sides together, warring in Washington. He can calm the waters internationally. And he's just a kind hearted person. None of that turned out to be true. And the American people now don't like him professionally, but they don't like him personally either. And when you put that cherry on top of him being so old, he can't walk across stages. He can't finish a press conference when he's got the questions and the answers right in front of him. It's no wonder that Donald Trump is ahead in these swing states. And I would argue this lastly, if the press covered Biden legitimately, fairly at all, with all the scandals with Hunter, everything else, I'd argue Donald Trump would be up even further if the press were honest, but we're never going to get that break. So let's just let's just keep our eye on what we've got here with this positive news. Yeah, well, there's always uh, points that go to the Democrat because of the uh, legacy Democrat media's ability to mold perception, right? So you got, that's just baked into sure. the cake. I mean, you can imagine if you actually had a, a fair media, how different things would really look already to, to how they are. Um, so th- then take me to the uh, to the Democrat side of things in terms of what do you think they do here? I mean, you've you worked on the Trump campaign. You've worked in the Trump White House. You know, these these kinds of discussions um, maybe are only only a a pretty small inner circle around Biden would be privy to it, you know, inside the White House. But do you think they're really considering a break the glass plan to do something other than have Biden at the top of the ticket for 2024? And and if so, what is that? Well, Gavin Newsom is running uh, and in case of emergency break glass campaign going to China and other things. So possibly look. Biden's ego is so big, I don't think he gets out willingly. He can't be pushed out. He has to do it himself, okay? But at the same time, I could see a scenario where he steps down as a statesman and tries to play the card, and I just want what's best for the country. My health is such, blah, blah, blah. And the media will go right along and say, yes, what a wonderful man he is. I'm kind of rooting for that. Look, I want to run against Biden again because I want people to really see what Democrat policies do. But I'm rooting for it in this way. The delicious fallout of watching the left eat itself because half of that group will be pushing for Gavin Newsom. But I was told by good authority on the left that if you reject someone like Kamala Harris, you are a racist and a sexist and a bigot. So to watch them implode on their own ridiculous ideology would be beautiful beyond measure. I don't know that we're going to get that. I'm just kind of hoping and praying for it. But right now, it's it's Joe Biden all the way. I, I said his ego's big. And while I'm on the subject, does anyone think for one second the person with this massive ego who has run for office for half of a century, right, who talks about his own children in times of pain and suffering for other people, who doesn't listen to those who are facing problems, but instead he's the one who has the right answer. Does anyone believe he's allowed everybody else in his immediate family to to profit off of his last name, but he doesn't? Yeah, give me a break. Yeah, it makes, makes no sense to anyone who's paying attention. 
Yeah, I, I would tell yeah. you this, you know, um, you and I, Hogan, are, are, are in the, I wouldn't say the minority. Well, no, it feels like the minority. All these people are just insistent that there's some other plan than Biden. And I keep saying them. I understand why people would think that. But every sure. other door you open is a worse option for them, right? I mean, to me, the idea <laughs> that you would have Kamala Harris as the vice president and then Joe Biden steps down, but there's not a support for her now taking over as the first black female president. You're going to run a open Democrat primary on a super condensed timeline and maybe push aside Kamala Harris, the incumbent president, if Biden were to step down or if Biden were even say he's not going to run for reelection again, she should be the heir apparent, you would think. And to me, it just doesn't hold up. I, I just think that that's I don't I don't see how that uh, that sticks together. It does make me nervous, though, because someone like Gavin Newsom, attractive man, has, runs a big state. Forget that the policies are all horrible there and the people don't like living there and the taxes and the and the, the money they've spent, you know, overspent, the rolling blackouts, everything that's horrible with California. Um, it's a short timeline. That's what you hit on. So it's hard to get the American people to see how bad he is as a governor. So there's a chance that, as you point out, look, the left controls all the powers of are the levers of power and influence, Hollywood, big tech, colleges and universities we now see, of course, but also the mainstream media. They're going to come out and circle the wagons around this guy and prevent bad stories from coming out and just push him as some type of savior for the Democrat Party slash democracy in America and, of course, ultimately America herself. That, to me, is a little bit concerning because they will try and support him in such obvious ways, not just by what they refuse to prosecute against him, but what they, you know, how they protect him as well. Hogan, I want to ask you what you think a uh, Trump 2.0 administration looks like, because uh, you know the folks involved, including the president himself. So we'll get into that in one second. But first up, you know, we want comfortable things in our home when we can find them. The new towels just introduced by MyPillow are the next great comfortable thing that you need to get for yourself for your home. They're utilizing a cotton that's new to them and new to you to make these towels both soft and absorbent. And they've done it. It sounds like it's a tricky thing to do, but they've pulled it off. And they're not expensive either. You can set yourself up with a six-piece set for a great introductory sale price as low as $29.98 with my name, Buck, as the promo code. The designer premium line for just $20 more. Whichever you choose, that's 50% in savings. To find this offer online, just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener special square to check out the new My Towel six-piece towel set and get 50% in savings. Remember, enter promo code BUCK or call 800-792-3269 for this special and many more. Um, all right, so uh, what does a Trump 2.0, Hogan, what does a Trump 2.0 administration look like? You've seen Democrats are saying it'll be a revenge tour, which, I mean, it's like they're trying to get more votes for Trump. I don't know people get excited about that. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen the movie Tombstone. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I, okay. I love the movie. I actually legitimately well, love the movie Tombstone and know incredible. pretty much every every line in it. Yeah. It's incredible. And there's a scene after um, Wyatt Earp runs out in the river there and he has the big shootout with Curly Bill and he doesn't get shot. He you know kills Curly Bill, the sure. whole thing. And then they're back on the shore kind of talking about it. I don't know if it was Turkey Creek Jack Johnson or one of the guys looks at, at um, Val Kilmer, who's Doc Holliday, and says, you know, if they were my brothers, I'd want revenge too. And he's and Doc Holliday says, "Oh, make no mistake, it's not revenge he's after; it's a reckoning." And I would argue, if Donald Trump gets back in, that's what you're going to see. 
But it's not just a reckoning against his political opponents that have weaponized three-letter agencies and the apparatus of the federal government against him. It's a reckoning to replace the policies that actually protected the American people first. I mean, a sane, rational border policy will absolutely be put back into place, and he won't let Congress get in the way like he did the first time. The lawsuits that they file against uh, the administration, we have the attorneys ready to go on day one now. That's not going to happen. We may fight in court, but we're going to win those lawsuits, I would argue. In addition, I think he's going to put people in place that will help find and eradicate these sinister actors within different organizations that work to undermine a sitting president just because they disagree with his policies. That's going to be a big part of it, too. Uh, I do think he's going to work to reduce crime. Obviously, the world will be a much more stable place where we were feared, loved, and respected globally, where we're not now. I think that's going to be important for him to do, too. I think there's going to be a mass deportation effort for a lot of folks who are in this country that don't have the right to be here. So you can expect that as well. Finishing those last several miles of the wall will be important. So I think there's a reckoning from a policy standpoint. It's not like he's going to go in there and just go off all the time. I think he's really going to be systematic and focused because he knows he has a short period of time. When you talk about those first 100 days that are important, if we still have the House, if we can somehow take back the Senate, I think you're going to see him do a lot of things. Because remember, unlike everybody else running, Donald Trump has no political future, nor does he care about a political future. So he can do the things he thinks the American people want him to do without fear of not winning another election or being out on the speaker circuit and making a lot of money. That's a real benefit, I think, to having a second Trump term. I want to ask uh, who you think the VP is likely to be, but hold off on that for one second, Hogan. This past hey. summer, an event 30 years in the making finally took place. My dad, Mason Sexton, who called the 1987 stock market crash on TV, went live with his first public prediction in decades. He warned that the market's top was in and revealed his unique framework to take advantage of the falling market that would follow. And right on cue, the market peaked exactly when he said it would. Those who listened to his unusual prediction, what some called his prophecy, were richly rewarded. But now my dad's coming forward with the next part of his prophecy. It's a second insight that will catch even the most sophisticated investors by surprise. On Tuesday next week, November 14th, he's sharing all the details in an online event, including why the next six months could make or break your portfolio. I've followed my dad's work for years. He's been right so many times on the big things in the markets. Go check this out, this website, thesecondinsight2023.com to sign up for free. That website, again, is thesecondinsight2023.com, paid for by New Paradigm Research. All right, Hogan Gidley, who's going to be the VP? Who's going to be the Secretary of State? What's the dream Ooh. team that Trump's going to pull together here? Yeah, look, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know who can get through the, the Senate confirmation process. A lot going on there with, with cabinet secretaries. I think that he would pick a lot of folks um, who, who aren't necessarily just loyal to him, but are willing and, and loyal to the America First movement. I think that's important, right? Like you can argue with the president as we gave him advice that, that um, you know, got contentious at times, but ultimately we work at the pleasure of the president and my job is to make his job easier, not the other way around. So that's what I had to do. Um, and, and look, a lot of people voted for Trump. No one voted for me. So my policies and my ideas don't necessarily matter all that much. As far as the vice president's concerned, I mean, look, we have such a deep bench. I think what you're seeing in a lot of these debates are people who 
you know, are looking and working for cabinet positions at this point, just considering where the polls are. Again, a lot can happen between now and, and when people start voting. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone up on that stage is going to be um, executive material, a vice president uh, in his administration. So I'm trying to talk around this as much as I can because I just don't know. I think there were some Midwestern governors that, that could be good for that ticket, uh, help you know moderate him a little bit and, and soften some of the edges. Uh, but, you know, I just don't know. I think we've got a deep bench. A lot of folks could do it. But, you know, how's, as the president likes to say, how, we'll see uh, what happens. His mindset, you know, Trump's mindset, energy focus these days with four criminal indictments, the civil trial going on. How's he doing? I was with him just a couple of days ago. Um, I've never seen him more angry, but also using that anger to focus on where he needs to be and where he needs to go politically with taking the fight right to Joe Biden, taking the message directly to the American people. He understands what's at stake here because he's seen how quickly. Look, we used to have to point all the way back to Reagan and go, wasn't it great in the 80s? This was two years ago we had these record-setting successes. So I think he's angry, but it's a righteous anger, and he's not letting that anger take him off into directions that aren't more focused on the, the finish line. I was really impressed at that. And, of course, he's still just like he always is, a lot of humor, a lot of jokes. We messed around. We talked golf, uh, laughed a bunch. I mean, that's just who he is. And I think he's hitting a really nice stride right now. And so it remains to be seen what's going to happen with these court cases. I think someone like Alan Dershowitz, who I worked with in the impeachment uh, cases, um, you know, world-renowned attorney, he says he's most concerned about the venues. And I share that concern. You're in New York. Letitia James, obviously, politically motivated. And coincidentally, also calls Trump an uh, illegitimate president. So, um, you know, obviously she's an election denier. But, um, you know, Fulton County, Georgia, I fully expect a few convictions here. I really do. I would expect them to be overturned when they get appealed or maybe to the Supreme Court. The reason I expect that is because of the way the left is operating in totality, um, very strategically against this one person. But as I said, it's not just him. If you like the wrong tweet, if you download the wrong pod podcast, if you watch the wrong show, Buck Sexton looking at you, mm. then all of a sudden you're on the list, right? You're in trouble. Uh, they're focusing on your 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 financial records, uh, everything else. So he is the tip of the spear. He does have that bully pulpit and that megaphone. And I think he's using it in a way that really is rallying and resonating with so many across this country. And you're seeing that with the corresponding poll numbers in these uh, all important swing states. Hogan Gidley, everybody. Hogan, is there anywhere you want people to follow you or keep uh, keep tabs on your work, what you're up to? Yeah, at J. Hogan Gidley uh, on all my socials, at J. Hogan Gidley. Uh, you can find out what we're doing at the America First Policy Institute on election integrity, which is I'm the, the vice chair of that center focused on that, of course, moving into the midterm or for the uh, upcoming elections, trying to make sure people pass laws to protect legal votes and legal voters and also have people, you know, there on, on game day to be prepared if uh, a lot of those shenanigans that happened in every election in my lifetime actually try to, to be uh, used again against us. But, Buck, I appreciate you having me on. You know, as I've always said, you have the second best name in news. Uh, Beckett, best second, second best name in media, I should say. I wouldn't say news, but media, let's just say that. So it's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. I assume Hogan Gidley's the best name in media? No, Ali Vitale. Oh. Ali Vitale's first. You're second. Oh. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Hogan, good go. to see you, my friend. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. 
Who is there for heroes of the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their in-the-line-of-duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 